Hello, friends and neighbors. You're tuned in to the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. Hi there, John Rawl, your host, and we're going to have a great time over the next two hours. We're going to talk a lot of college football. Jonathan Leifheit of 24-7 Sports will be by. That is a CBS Sports digital website, and they cover all things ACC. And we'll talk to Jonathan about Virginia Tech's big win in Tallahassee against the Knowles. We'll discuss this coming weekend's big matchup as number two Clemson goes to SEC country. Well, they live in SEC country, but they're going to go to SEC West country, I guess is more like it. They'll face off against the Texas A&M Aggies at Kyle Field Saturday. We'll have a preview of that with Jonathan Leifheit in our next segment. So hang on for great ACC football talk this hour and next hour on the Y'all Show. Yeah, we're going to have our hashtag hullabaloo, and we're going to find some good stuff across the Southland to share with you on that and bring you a good chuckle on a Wednesday. And then we've got Precious Harris with her Nashville music line. What in the world is going on in Music City, USA? And Precious will tell us, well, exactly what is going on. If you want to get a hold of us here on the show, we welcome your feedback. Our number is 803 816-1170, that's the number you can call, or text 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 803-816-1170. And if you're listening to us on one of our great affiliates across the Southeast, thank you for listening. Or if you're listening to us via podcast download through iTunes Podcast or any other streaming device that allows you to listen to our podcast edition, well, since we are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week to take your phone call or text, we encourage you to do so. No, it doesn't matter what time of day it is. Hey, hit us up, 803-816-1170. What is going on across Dixie today? Well, all eyes have been on the Gulf Coast as Gordon put a punch into Mississippi, Alabama, parts of Louisiana, and this developing storm moving across here on uh, this Wednesday and 75-mile-per-hour winds at times and more. And lots of rain. Luckily, this thing will be cleared up and gone for most of you before too long as it's a fast-moving storm. But Gordon in the news with a not-really-expected tropical storm hurricane right there hovering between the two. And it shows up this week. And see you later, Gordon. We want to get rid of you as fast as possible. And that, of course, hitting the Mississippi coast and and Alabama feeling the effects. A lot of rain, a lot of flooding on Dolphin Island in Alabama on Tuesday as Gordon makes landfall. Well, Gordon is not the only storm of note going on in our region right now. Hurricane Florence has formed in the Atlantic, and this is the sixth named storm of the year. But it's not going to be a threat to land in the south, at least through the weekend. A forecaster says the newest models have this Category 1 hurricane staying out to sea And that's good news, possibly never approaching land, possibly fizzling out. But Hurricane Florence, if you've got that little map that you can track storms, well, here's your sixth storm of the year, Florence, out in the Atlantic, churning. Hopefully we'll churn on north and die out soon, but keep an eye on Florence. And if that's not enough, a disturbance has been seen off the African coast And forecasters are watching for development of this. A low-pressure system located a few hundred miles south of Cabo Verde Islands is forecasted to move slowly westward to west-northwestern across the eastern tropical Atlantic for the next few days. So got to keep an eye on 
what could be the seventh storm of 2018 storm season off the Atlantic coast. But right now, Gordon's still packing a punch via rain and some wind in some of our southern states. And hunker down if you are in the path of Gordon's tyranny. A soldier from West Virginia was killed this week, and he's now been identified. Command Sergeant Major Timothy A. Boyard of Thornton, West Virginia, died money from injuries from small arms fire in Logar Province in Afghanistan, according to a Defense Department news release. I want to keep his family in our thoughts and prayers as our latest hero dies in Afghanistan and a West Virginia native. In Tennessee, a Murfreesboro inmate has been found to have written a letter where he encoded messages, admits to setting a black man on fire, and a letter he wrote to a white supremacist group. John Daniel Carruthers, age 53, is an inmate at the Rutherford County Jail, and back in March he was charged with the killing of 40-year-old Robert Miller, a black victim authorities say Carruthers set on fire at a Veterans Affair assisted living home where the men lived. Hate crimes possibly coming, but the letter included this message here, and this is disturbing. My name is John D. Carruthers, and I believe the Bible is about white people and for white people. I am in Rutherford County Jail for burning a black man. I set him on fire with lighter fluid poured on his head. Again, this happened at a Veterans Affair assisted living home in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And authorities there have this in their case against Mr. Carruthers. Have you heard about President Donald Trump's recent, I would say the most recent negative thing he said about embattled Attorney General Jeff Sessions? Well, here's maybe an addendum to all of that. There's a new book out by Bob Woodward, and he's recounting how President Donald Trump called his Attorney General, quote, a dumb Southerner and mocked his accent, saying that Sessions was said to be mentally retarded, Quote, he's this dumb Southerner. He couldn't even be a one-person country lawyer down in Alabama. Pretty harsh words, if true, coming from the president about his own attorney general. Well, a pair of Sessions' old Senate colleagues have come to his defense. As Johnny Isaacson from Georgia said, I'm a Southerner. People can judge my intellect, my IQ, by my product and what I produce rather than what somebody else says, Isaacson says. He says, quote, we're a pretty smart bunch. We lost the Civil War, but I think we're winning the economic war since then. I'm not going to get into name calling because I don't think you should be allowed to call names, including the president, Isaacson said. Now, Richard Shelby of Alabama, who for a long time was a senator alongside Jeff Sessions, representing the Yellowhammer State in D.C., he said, well, I'm sure I've got that accent, wouldn't you think? And he goes on to say, I guess the president, he says what he thinks. I think the president's probably got a lot of respect for the South. I hope so. He did well there. Without the South, he wouldn't be president of the United States. And he is absolutely right on that. Of the 11 southern states, 10 of them voted for Donald Trump. Only Virginia backed Hillary Clinton of the 11 original Confederate states, the ones that actually fully seceded. Of course, Missouri and Kentucky are border states. And on this show, we also include Oklahoma, Maryland, and West Virginia. But our emphasis is usually on those 11 southern states, as noted in this article. And we give our border states some love, too. A lot of love. And we give Maryland and West Virginia and Oklahoma love on the Y'all Show. But interesting article coming out about our president. 
More Trump news. A grand jury in Texas has indicted a 30-year-old man on a felony theft charge after he was accused of throwing a drink at a supporter of President Trump before walking off with the teenager's Make America Great Again hat at a Texas Whataburger. This happened in San Antonio back uh, earlier in the summer. You may have seen the video of this that got spread around the Internet. And the grand jury indicted Kino Jimenez on a charge of theft of person, which is punishable by up to two years in state jail. So don't mess with a Make America Great Again hat, especially if you live in the state of Texas. A panel of federal judges in North Carolina has formally backed off an idea of requiring a new congressional map for the Old North State's fall elections, one week after broaching the possibility when the judges declared the current lines illegal partisan gerrymanders. Twelve of North Carolina's 13 districts have been ruled to violate the U.S. Constitution, but three judges have suggested ordering the Republican-dominated legislature or an outside expert to redraw the entire map, possibly by mid-September, can't happen. The panel shelved these ideas after hearing from the parties in a lawsuit that was heard last week. Well, if you're a realtor and you want to be in the best place to be a realtor, there's only one town in the South that made the list of best places to be a real estate agent, and that would be Nashville, Tennessee, coming in at number nine. This is a ranking put out by personal finance website WalletHub, and it is, again, listing the best places to be a real estate agent. Number one was San Francisco, followed by Seattle, San Jose, Fremont, California, Oakland, New York City, Santa Rosa, California, Denver, and Vancouver, with, again, the Music City coming in at number nine. The other big city in Tennessee, Memphis, has the highest share of home flips, 11.67%, which is 3.9 times higher than in Pittsburgh, the city with the lowest at 3.03%. So go make a fortune in Music City if you're able to. In the real estate market, at least. Louisiana State University. Hey, if you always wanted to go be a Bayou Bengal, but you just didn't have the grades to get in, well, the university is now relaxing a long-standing policy of automatically rejecting applicants who score too low on standardized college entrance exams like the ACT and the SAT. The advocate in Baton Rouge says that the university won't disqualify outright for a test score. Instead, the state's flagship university will boost emphasis on recommendation letters, personal essays, and activities outside academia. Like catching a football. Just kidding. Uh, they didn't have that in there. But yeah, if you've always wanted to go to LSU and the uh, grades got in the way, well, maybe, maybe now's your chance. And LSU can grow and get big. As we've said on this show before, colleges across the nation... Many of them are experiencing right now a major downturn in enrollment. They're suffering. When the economy is good, college enrollment goes down. That could be what's behind the decision in Baton Rouge to change the admission policy at Louisiana State University. A Florida man shot at a woman's home after she wrote a bad restaurant review, according to police. Norman Alville of Orlando was arrested last week and charged with shooting into a dwelling and abuse of a disabled adult. Orange County Sheriff's Office officials said Alville was drinking beer with the restaurant owner's son, Michael Johnson, who was upset about the review. The men found reviewer Monica Wally's address and drove to the home, and Alville was in an SUV with Johnson at the time of the incident before Alville allegedly shot into the home three times. And he's a restaurateur accusing of shooting into the home of a perturbed diner who took a shot, pardon the pun, at the restaurant in an online review. 
And that is not the kind of thing that you want to see on Yelp. And taking it to the extreme, of course, it does say Allville was drinking beer with the restaurant owner's son, who was upset about the review. But yeah, in Florida, <laughs> beer and restaurant drinking and, and restaurant eating and, and all that, they take it seriously. And this man shot into a woman's home after a bad restaurant review, according to police. I've seen it all. Well, this is the Y'all Show, where we do talk all things Southern, including food, and we talk football. And when we come back on the program, we're going to be joined by Jonathan Lifehite, GoJackets.com. In the Sunshine State this week, we saw a big game between the Florida State Seminoles and the state capitol and Virginia Tech and the Hokie Hokie Hokies got a big win. We'll talk to Jonathan about that and what the entire ACC has lined up for this weekend. You're listening to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Hey there, I'm a glue stick, so I have one job. I glue kid stuff. So sorry for being jealous of Geico, who does a ton more. Like give you 24-7 access to thousands of licensed agents. And Geico has been around for over 75 years and has a 97% customer satisfaction rating. While I've just got mediocre adhesive skills, Geico also has an award-winning mobile app. Uh-oh, arts and crafts time. No eating the glue stick, Miss Lydia. Geico, expect great savings and a whole lot more. It's the Y'all Show, talk with a southern accent. Your host, John Rawl, and we are on Wednesdays glad to be joined by Jonathan Lifehite of 247sports.com for our ACC Spotlight. And that music right there, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket Marching Band, and up with the white and gold. And Jonathan, you and I had a chance this past weekend on opening day 
to tailgate together inside your RV outside of Bobby Dodd Stadium. And I first want to thank you for that great opportunity and the fun that we had pregame. And then, of course, the Jackets went in and promptly destroyed Alcorn State on the gridiron. But first off, let me thank you for your Southern hospitality. You bet. I mean, uh, it's always good to have a, have a, have folks at our tailgate, and everybody's welcome, and uh, we just have a good time, and it was really great to see you. Well, thank you. At my first Georgia Tech home football game, and it was quite an experience. You know, when you go to Atlanta for a Georgia Tech game, it's a little different than a lot of, let's say, small-town college teams. Parking may be a little bit different. You can actually get to the game. <clears throat> I guess Marta is an option on game days, Jonathan? Absolutely. Marta's uh, got a, a you're about two to three blocks away from the North Avenue station. I'll just come out of the station, hang your right, go right by the varsity, across the interstate, and you're there. Well, I'm afraid if I go Marta, I may stop at the varsity and forget to go to the game. Well, don't worry. You won't forget too bad because there'll <laughs> be plenty of tech fans there to remind you. Okay. Well, I've been guilty of that before. Boy, I had a varsity-like experience Saturday after I saw you. I went to Spartanburg, South Carolina, and Jonathan, I know you get around the South. I was talking about it on the Tuesday, y'all. I went to the Beacon Drive-In. Have you ever heard of that place? I have heard of the Beacon, and they actually, uh, way back in the dark ages when I was in school, they actually uh, took us there once on one of our road trips, and uh, yeah, uh, very much uh, kind of varsity-like in its uh, in its uh, kind of uh, uh, ambiance. Well, instead of saying, what do you have, which is what they say at the varsity at the Beacon, as we discussed on the Tuesday, y'all. They, they yell out something, Jonathan, but I don't know what exactly they're saying, but it works, whatever whatever was said. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. But they have a very unique system there in Spartanburg at the Beacon Drive-In. But I had that after seeing you. So, man, you talk about the perfect day, seeing Jonathan Leifheit and going to the Beacon in Spartanburg, South Carolina. It doesn't get much better than that. I can't imagine how it would. No, no, it doesn't. Well, let's talk some football with you, Mr. Leifheit. Let's talk about the past weekend. And then we'll catch our breath for a break and come back and talk about some big contests this weekend, especially in College Station, Texas, between Clemson and Texas A&M. I want to get your input on that contest. But let's look back at week one in the ACC. And it all began on Thursday of last (laughs) week. Wake Forest went down to the Big Easy and pulled off an overtime win over Tulane, 23-17. Did you think this game would even be this close? No, I, I kind of figured it might be, you know, at least competitive, but I did not expect overtime. I really thought Wake was going to be a little better than that. So kind of makes me wonder, is Tulane better? Did they play at home? You know, hard to say. It's hard to really read too much into into one game. But nonetheless, I thought Wake uh, uh, dodged a bullet, and, uh, and they also uh, uh, didn't look as good as I expected. All right. Well, that was the first game of the ACC schedule for 2018. Then you follow that up with Friday Night Lights. And Syracuse looked, I guess, impressive in their win at Western Michigan. And Duke defeated Army at home 34-14. to Army, a team that went to a bowl last year and defeated Navy, so they're not exactly horrible. And Duke and Syracuse both picking up W's on Friday. Anything you need to add to that? Yeah, the Syracuse game uh, score looked a little closer than the game actually was. And then I thought Duke's defense did a really good job now. I'll, I will tell you that Army is a reloading team okay. um, in terms of uh, they got a little rebuilding to do. They had a pretty senior-laden team last year. So, you know, from that perspective, not 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 that good. So, nonetheless, two solid uh, victories for the uh, two ACC teams there. Now, Army's coach, Munkin, th- th- he's from the Paul Johnson tree. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. He was an assistant coach at Georgia Tech, 
uh, and an assistant coach at Navy under uh, Johnson prior to that. So uh, he was there. Then he ended up taking the job down at Georgia Southern for a few years, did a great job there, and then uh, Army hired him up uh, out of there. Okay. Well, he's doing uh, good things along the Hudson, but he fell when he came south and his Black Knights lose to Duke. Now it's a Saturday's game. No surprise, Alabama won 51-14 over the Cardinals of Louisville. Jonathan, anything surprising in the score by it being that large? Well, it was 28 nothing. I think uh, it may have even been worse than that before Louisville even got on the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to, you know, laugh a little bit. I think we talked about it a few weeks ago, the Louisville receivers were talking some trash, and all I can think to myself is, yeah, that wasn't too smart. Yeah. Well, it, so. it wasn't very smart of Louisville. They should know better. Clemson easily dispatches their old rival, Furman, 48-7. Did you see how much playing time Kelly Bryant versus Trevor Lawrence had in this game? Because I didn't. It, it looks to me like they came close to splitting it. I okay. think uh, Kelly kind of started the game and then uh, uh, and then kind of gave it up to Lawrence pretty early on. And then uh, I think they kind of went back and forth a little bit, gave Lawrence some time with the Kind of the first team, and then you know a lot of playing time in the second half. I was afraid the Dukes of James Madison of the FCS ranks they were going to pull the surprise against NC State, and JMU did win three out of the four quarters essentially in this game. But that second quarter, the Pack got seventeen, and as a result, <clears throat> NC State defeats James Madison twenty-four to thirteen. Yeah, I mean uh, NC State poured it on, and then kind of kind of cruised. Uh, they kind of went up 17-7 at the half and then kind of put it on cruise control. Uh, really, you know, not that impressive a win for, for NC State. You would expect them. JMU is certainly a good, a good as good as they get in terms of FCS programs, mm-hmm. but still FCS. So right. I, I wasn't impressed with the pack in this one. You sound like an FBS snob. I guess I am. <laughs> Most people are, frankly. All right, Georgia Tech, speaking of FBS versus FCS, the Braves, not Atlanta, but the Alcorn State Braves played at Bobby Dodd Stadium on Saturday, the game that I attended for about three minutes. And Georgia Tech defeated Alcorn 41 nothing. Jonathan, of course we know Georgia Tech has that, eh, some people would say, boring running-based <laughs> offense. But 41 points is a lot, large number and impressive here that the defense didn't allow the Braves to get on the scoreboard at all. Yeah, and on top of that, they only allowed right at 150, I think it was 156 yards mm-hmm. uh, to Talcorn State, and they only crossed midfield, I think it was three times on the day. So story of the day for Georgia Tech was definitely the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep in mind, this is a retooled uh, new defensive coordinator with uh, Nate Woody uh, from Appalachian State, who almost got the upset there up in the Happy Valley. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it looks like uh, – you know, you expect Georgia Tech to, to, to take care of Alcorn State, but I think the way they did it on defense was pretty impressive. Offensive special teams still got some work to do for uh, for the Jackets. And the Jackets, did they come out of this game healthy? Uh, they did, uh, so we got no problems there. All right. Well, it was, as I may have mentioned, extremely hot, really across the entire southeast, but having been at the stadium there in downtown Atlanta, something about urban heat and global warming was really in effect Saturday. And, and I knew it wasn't just me who showed up in the game with a rolled-up long sleeve shirt, which may have been stupid in some people's eyes, but I saw people with short sleeves soaking wet. So it wasn't just me <laughs> that was enduring the heat in Atlanta. But they call it hot. It was all of us. It was, it's called Hot Atlanta for a reason. And Georgia <laughs> Tech, the institute right there in the midst of it all. 
Boston College defeated their in-state opponent, UMass, 55-21. Pitt downed Albany, 33-7. And then, Jonathan, on this game out west, Cal took care of UNC, 24-17. Did you have a chance to see any of that one? Yeah, I did watch some of that, and Cal actually got up pretty big. Uh, they were actually up like 24-3 to at one point and, uh, and really kind of cruised the fourth quarter. Um, you know, just kind of let North Carolina made it look a lot more respectable than it was. Um, they, I think they scored their, their, uh, last touchdown with just like a minute or two to go. So, um, you know, certainly Cal kind of let them back in there a little bit at the end, but this game was really never in doubt after, uh, after, uh, kind of the first quarter. You could just see uh, North Carolina's offense was really pretty, pretty pathetic. Um, they're, uh, their passers, uh, excuse me, their, uh, their quarterback, 15 of 35, Nathan Elliott, 15 of 35 for 137 yards. Extremely unimpressive. And when you're talking about a spread offense with lots of short passes that are supposed to be easy completions to go well under 50%, uh, not good. Cal letting UNC have 14 points in the end, as you said, making it look a little closer than it was. But the Bears escaped with a seven-point win. Now, the Hoos of Virginia took care of business against Richmond, a team that the last time they were in Charlottesville walked away with a victory, and you had shades of that last win when you saw this game as the Spiders in the opening quarter had a pick six and took the early lead. I think they ran it back at like 80 yards, but Virginia comes back and has a convincing win over the Spiders, 42-13. Yeah, they, they took care of business. I'm still not convinced that, that Virginia is very good. I guess we'll see kind of, you know, what, uh, what old, uh, Bronco Mendehall's got going up there, but, uh, they're still kind of a question mark to me. All right. Well, a big question mark now in South Beach because Miami was a number 18 head, eight team headed into the game against LSU on Sunday. And LSU was the much better team in this one, defeating the Canes. 33-17. Your thoughts about Mark Rick's team and their lack of performance on Sunday? Well, you know, uh, I think I've, I've been saying all year when we've been talking, they're a decent team, but they're not number eight. And guess what? They proved it in a big way. Um, you know, don't let the final score uh, fool you on this. This was a 33-3 to game entering the fourth quarter. Um, and uh, they managed to get a couple of late touchdowns to make it respectable. Um, much like kind of uh, North Carolina did against California, so this was a thorough butt whipping by the by the Tigers on the on the Canes. Um, I, I think Miami's got a lot of regrouping to do. Um, their offense looked pretty darn pathetic, and their defense wasn't, uh, I think, what everybody was expecting it to be. You know, giving up 27 first half points. Yeah, uh, a, a bad performance by Miami, and it's going to cost them throughout the year because last year, remember, this is a team that didn't lose a game until, what, the 11th game of the season? Yeah, they went 10-0. and And so it'll also be interesting to watch the uh, bandwagon quickly uh, <laughs> quickly empty in South Beach. I will say when their bandwagon is full, it's quite impressive. But holy cow, that thing empties out quickly down there. I see it emptying as we speak. And finally, on Monday night, Labor Day night, the Monday night football matchup. Everybody was watching and man, did Virginia Tech look impressive. The Hokies 24-3 over Florida State in this game at Doak Campbell. Your thoughts on the Hokies' big, so, big win. Now, I don't want to take anything away from, from Virginia Tech because they were clearly very solid. But I will tell you, Florida State, to me, looked in complete disarray. Um, they, they made 
just uh, some of the play calls were very questionable, running some wildcat stuff and some weird scenarios. On top of that, they had what should have been a touchdown um, if they'd have waited for replay. Instead, they go hurry up on the one-yard line and don't give the ACC officials time to review the play to, to call down there and ask for replay when it's clear that if they had done that, they would have ended up with a touchdown. So instead of, you know, kind of being uh, uh, down 17-3, to they were right back in the game at 17-10. to um, They end up completely blowing. I, I think that's where they might have gotten their three points from. Uh, but just a just a just a whirlwind of, of horrible decisions and uh, you know kind of bad play calling and just just disarray down there. Uh, like I said, North, uh, Virginia Tech looked very good. Um, they uh, they did a lot of right things, but this was as much about Florida State, I think, and and how how bad they were uh, as it was about Virginia Tech being impressive. Do you think Willie Taggart has the potential to have a disastrous season this year in Tallahassee? Well, I think that potential's there. Um, last year, that team kind of wilted on uh, on uh, on Jimbo Fisher, and uh, when they got a little bit of adversity, so they did not, you know, play all that well. They got a lot of talent, but you know, you got to harness that and get it to play well as well. And I think right now, you know, he could be teetering on the edge of of losing that team early on if they play like they did for Jimbo last year. I'm just going to go out there and say it, and this is purely based on the record and the experience. The guy is, in my opinion, unproven, especially at an ACC program like Florida State. He was only at Oregon for the one year, and he did better than average, but it's not like he was playing for a national championship. And prior to that, at South Florida, he did okay, but it wasn't like he was winning all kind of conference titles and going and playing for a national championship like UCF did, his rival from the American Conference. So this guy, I, I, I'm not really sure how he ended up getting hired except for the fact that he did have the Sunshine State connection. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. Maybe he'll prove any doubters wrong. But maybe Florida State rushed to judgment with this guy. The season will play out. We'll see what happens. But if things go real bad, the Knowles are not going to put up with this, especially from a guy that – really only had that one year in Oregon before coming to Tallahassee. Am I totally wrong on that? Well, you know, I think you're a little bit uh, – I think he did a pretty decent job at South Florida, all things considered. He did have them kind of up into the rankings on a number of occasions, um, and, uh, you know, there's still a directional school at the end of the day. So I think he <laughs> probably deserves a little more credit than you're giving him at South Florida. Right. And he did improve the Ducks five games in, in the, his first year there. So – yeah, give him some credit. He did do a good job of, uh, right. you know, kind of improving them. Now, I'm not saying he's the second coming of, uh, of John Heisman or anything, but you know, right. he, I think he's not not a bad coach. Well, I, I, one thing I guess that, that kind of rubs me the wrong way with him is he jumped schools after one year at Oregon. Now, he, it's a free country, and he's allowed to do that. But my goodness, I mean, he had a good situation out there in the Pac-12, and then he leaves that for, I guess, a little bit better situation. It's a free country. I get it. But he, he again, was it wasn't like he took the Ducks to the national title game that, that one year. Hey, we'll see what happens. That's why college football is so fun and, and makes uh, people like me who, who want to sit out here and throw opinion feel like idiots the next week. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he very well, I mean, as much talent as Florida State's got, there are weeks when they'll show up and be motivated as can be. Mm-hmm. And they'll make us look bad. Yep. All right, Jonathan, that is what happened in week one 
of the ACC. Well, if you enjoyed that, well, guess what, friends? There's a whole nother week coming up this weekend in ACC football. And just because we like you, we're going to give you about eh, 10 or 11 more weeks of ACC football beyond this weekend. How about that? What a deal. See, we, we like you, and uh, we even like Willie Taggart, too. We'll be right back with more of the Y'all Show. We'll preview this weekend's ACC contest. No conference games, but some really good games going on of ACC teams facing off against other conferences. We'll have that info when we return. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 has arrived at Sprint. For a limited time, get the super-powerful new Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. It's the fastest Note ever, and you can get it on a network built for unlimited. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 is also perfect for gaming. Take your Fortnite skills to a new level with the largest battery ever seen in a Note. Along with a 6.4-inch edge-to-edge infinity screen and stereo speakers, Galaxy Note 9 also features a smarter camera and a mightier S Pen with remote control. Make the switch to Sprint right now and get the Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. Plus, get annual upgrades with Galaxy Forever. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com slash Samsung, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Note 9, 2083 per month after 2084 per month. Credit applied within two bills. Requires new line and 18-month lease. Early termination results and remaining balance due. Upgrade after 12 lease payments. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes. Requires qualifying plans. Subject to credit. $30 activation fee and restrictions apply. Beauty's biggest event is here. Ulta Beauty's 21 Days of Beauty. With new beauty steals every single day for 21 days. That's 50% off our most loved brands like Tarte and Anastasia. So come in today and tomorrow. And let's be real. With deals like these, you'll want to stop in every day. So hurry in. They go fast. 21 Days of Beauty ends September 22nd. Only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. Hi, I'm Jessica Alba, entrepreneur and mom. When it comes to helping students succeed, I'm all in. And so is Staples. That's why I'm teaming up with Staples for Students and DonorsChoose.org, the charity that helps teachers bring learning to life. Join us by donating in-store or online at staplesforstudents.com. Your donation will help local teachers make a difference for their students because every kid deserves a great start this school year. Welcome back to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. We want to remind you, coming up in Hour 2 of today's Y'all program, we'll have our country music cowboy hat on and more, and we'll go boot scooting around Music Row with Precious Harris as we get our Nashville Music Line report. So hang on for all that goodness with Precious ahead on Y'all with your host, John Rawl. We're still talking ACC football with Jonathan Lifehite of GoJackets.com, the song you just heard there from Virginia Tech's marching band. And wow, what a great performance by the Hokies in week one, getting that big win against Florida State. And now, Jonathan, we turn our attention to week two as we're talking with Mr. Lifehite of 247sports.com, a CBS Sports Digital site. And I know the SEC and the ACC have roughly 14 teams, arguably 15 if you include Notre Dame into the ACC. 
Jonathan. Uh, they're kind of an ACC light program, kind of like Bud Light and Budweiser. But, Jonathan, until you get a weekend like this weekend where there are no ACC versus ACC games and you look at the conference schedule, you almost have to go print out two sheets of paper because I didn't realize there's just that many teams when it fills up a piece of paper like this. Oh, yeah, it's, it's the, that's a lot of games. that, And, you know, people talk about, uh, you know, how many, how many slots you get in TV and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of games to fill in there. Yeah, and, you know, you're, you're kind of an old-timer coming from Georgia Tech, but remember, Tech didn't enter the ACC until the 80s. They were once an SEC member and then were independent for a number of years. But you still remember when essentially Tech played, what, a seven- or eight-game conference schedule? Uh, they played a seven-game conference schedule for uh, for a number of years. They actually, I think the first year they played a full conference schedule was 1983. Okay. Um, and they actually didn't play all, at that point, it was an eight-member conference. Uh, so they played a six-game uh, conference schedule. I believe it was through 86, and then finally in 87 uh, is the year that they uh, they ended up finally, uh, Maryland was the last team to add to the schedule. Uh, so that filled out kind of a seven-game schedule. And then in Florida State, uh, they were able to add them in the 92 season. So that was uh, first year for an eight-game schedule. All right. Well, the ACC still plays an eight-game schedule, but, of course, you don't play a lot of teams if you're on the other side of the bracket. By the way, you mentioned Maryland. Congratulations to the Terrapins on a big win over Texas. Jonathan, what is your official reason for Maryland leaving, becoming traitors, and leaving the ACC? <laughs> what What is the real reason behind that? Uh, I think they panicked. Um, they, uh, um, you know, there were when we when all of the expansion was going on, there were a ton of rumors and different things, and uh, um, there was some things going on, you know, about the ACC, which all none of which were true. But I think their leadership panicked. They saw an opportunity. Uh, that you know to kind of get out of the the ACC, thinking that there might be a problem there when there wasn't, and so they they took the first opportunity to 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 uh, to uh, head to the Big Ten and 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 go there. And I I, I don't think it was a, I think it was probably going to be an okay move for them, but I think their natural rivals and and whatnot are more on the East Coast, and you know ultimately I don't think they have a lot in common with the teams that you know outside of Penn State. I don't think they have a lot in common, and maybe Rutgers. They don't have a lot in common with the rest of that league. And they don't really have that much in common with any of those teams, even Penn State, who they really haven't played all that much throughout their history. But they are right. playing now, and Rutgers, again, is not a team they play all the time. Their they're natural rivals are, well, below the Mason-Dixon line. But, hey, they made that choice. They got a lie in the bed they made, right? Absolutely. All right. Well, let's talk about week two in ACC football. And the Duke Blue Devils are going to take on one of those Big Ten programs as Northwestern host Duke on Saturday at Evanston's Ryan Field. Northwestern looked pretty per- impressive in their week one game, a conference game they had at Purdue. And they got out of there with a W Duke and Northwestern. Anything you want to say about that? Yeah, I really like, uh, I kind of like the, the, the way that program uh, kind of runs things Uh you know they got a they got a Northwestern grad as their as an uh, you know kind of as their coach, uh, Pat Fitzgerald, and uh, I think they do a pretty good job. All right, well Duke and the Wildcats in uh, Chicago North, is that the best way to describe Evanston? Uh, I would call it the uh, the northern burbs of Chicago. Okay, all right, sorry. I'm here on the Y'all Show. We don't really know all of our Chicago burbs, so forgive me. <laughs> 
the yellow. They are on the, they are on the lake, though, so that does give them a, a little bit of it. They got a beautiful campus, and they got a beautiful. Absolutely. I think I just saw they opened up a practice facility that literally is right up against Lake Michigan, and it is something to see. Have you seen that? I have not, but I can only imagine what that will be like in about November. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty neat. <laughs> All right, South Florida hosts the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. That's going to be a high noon kick on ABC ESPN2 from Raymond James Stadium. Will the Jackets be able to go down to South Florida and come away with a victory, Jonathan? Well, I, I mean, I certainly am a little bit biased on this one and, and hope for it. I'll be in attendance for that game, so we shall see how uh, how things go. All right. Well, I'm glad you're giving us your expert uh, 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 opinion on that and your expert uh, 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 projection. Thanks <laughs> I didn't life. say too much, did I? No, you didn't, you <laughs> son of a gun. All right, Wake Forest, they've got the Towson Tigers coming into Winston-Salem in an FBS-FCS matchup. Georgia State heads to Raleigh for a game at Carter-Finley against the NC State Wolfpack. Georgia State narrowly escaped another FCS loss this year. They lost to Tennessee State at the old Turner Field in 2017's opener. And in 2018, did they have to go to overtime to defeat Kennesaw State? They sure did. Okay. Well, they they got the win this year. And I'm only picking on them because Georgia State actually had a pretty good year in 2017. They even won a bowl game. But they couldn't beat those Tigers from Nashville in week no, one. No, they could not. In week one. Boston College and their Catholic brethren, Holy Cross, get together at Alumni Stadium in Chestnut Hill on Saturday. Then Virginia Tech, the team we're giving a lot of love to, well, they've got that short turnaround as they face off against the tribe of William and Mary at Lane Stadium in Blacksburg. And it was maybe four years ago, does that sound right, that William and Mary went into Blacksburg and pulled out the shocker? I, I think it was four or five years ago, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I believe that, I believe you're right. And it happened on a short week. If I'm not mistaken, Virginia Tech may have even played Georgia Tech. Or somebody like that on maybe. I think you're right. I think that was a, a Labor Day uh, game. I, I remember mm -hmm. uh, being in attendance up there for that one. And uh, I believe you're right. The following weekend, they lost to William and Mary. Yeah, they beat Georgia Tech, but they couldn't beat William and Mary. Took them overtime to do it, but yeah. they beat us. Yep, yep. All right. Here's a game that's uh, intriguing because, first of all, I can't believe North Carolina would even play at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in Greenville. But the Hills are going to face off against East Carolina at ECU, and ECU is reeling. They just lost in week one to the North Carolina A&T Aggies. It marks, it marks the second year in a row East Carolina has lost at home to an FCS program. Yeah, I think that they're a program that's really struggling right now. They haven't been able to kind of get things going. You know, they've had pretty good uh, success historically and had some good teams and uh, and whatnot, but I, I think they're – they're right now in a bad place. Well, North Carolina's not much better, but if the Heels want to have any kind of pride in the state of North Carolina, and we've seen NC State go to Greenville and come out of their losers, well, UNC needs to nip it in the bud, as a fellow North Carolinian named Barney Fife once said. <laughs> yeah, I think they probably will in this one, but uh, only because Carolina, East Carolina's so bad. Hey, you got to give me some love. I, I just pulled out a Barney Fife reference. Yeah, well, if you'd, if you'd have coupled that with a Gomer pile, then I would have probably given you a lot of credit for it. All so. right, well, go all Okay. There you go. Syracuse, they've got Wagner at the Carrier Dome in their home opener. Miami, well, they might be victorious this week as the Tigers from Savannah State head to Hard Rock Stadium for the Canes home opener 
on Saturday afternoon. Louisville hosts the Sycamores of Larry Bird U, Indiana State. The Florida State Seminoles and the Bobby Bowden Invitational as Samford University heads to Tallahassee. That, of course, is where Bobby Bowden once played and coached in Birmingham, Alabama for what was then Howard College. And Samford comes to Tallahassee for a game against Florida State as FSU tries to get on the right side of the ledger this week. An interesting ACC Big Ten clash, another one out there. We actually have a couple coming up. Virginia is at Indiana. Your thoughts on the who's and the who's yours? Yeah, well, both of these have been programs that have struggled in recent years. It'll be interesting to see if, uh, uh, you know, if they, if they both got on the, on the right track. I mentioned earlier I wasn't convinced on Virginia yet, but you know what? We'll kind of see how they, uh, how they, how they rebound and, or not rebound, but how they, how they go in there against Indiana and play Indiana. Um, the team is playing a little better in recent years, but, you know, they got them at home, so we'll see how that goes. All right. And then another Big Ten ACC battle going on, and this is a good one. This will be the 99th meeting between Penn State and the Pitt Panthers, and this is taking place at Heinz Field in the Steel City where two years ago the Panthers were able to beat Penn State, and Penn State rides in at number 13 in the country. Will the Panthers of the ACC be able to shock the Nittany Lions? Well, if the Nittany Lions play like they did against Appalachian State last weekend, I'd, <laughs> I'd go with Pitt. But, uh, you know, you never can read too much into that first game. Uh, so, it's tough to say. Penn State, sure, it will certainly be the favored team in this one. But, you know, they're uh, playing in Pittsburgh, so can't count out the Panthers. All right. And then the final team in the ACC playing Saturday, it's maybe the biggest game going on in college football based on the fact that it – it's the number two team in the country going to a place they don't often go, and that would be the state of Texas as Clemson heads to Kyle Field for a date with the Texas A&M Aggies and Jimbo Fisher, certainly no stranger to Clemson and the ACC. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, this is he'll be his second game in, and he's got a pretty big opponent coming in. And now Clemson has done a pretty good job of owning Florida State in recent years, and including uh, including Jimbo Fisher there. So. Uh, and I think Dabo is probably not going to show him much, uh, uh, too much of a mercy out there. But I, I, I think Clemson's, you know, barring them blowing up, I, I like them a lot in this game. All right. So you think Clemson will win, but how, how much will they win by? I, I'd give them probably, a, you know, like a, a, a 10 to 14, maybe 17-point victory. All right. Well, as a result of this past weekend's action, the Hokies ended up moving to number 12 in the latest AP poll, Clemson sits at number two. Other ACC teams of note in the conference, in the standings of the Associated Press, you've got Miami falls to number 22. And Jonathan, if my math's right, there's only three teams in the conference in the AP top 25. Does that sound right to you? That does sound right to me. And uh, But there's a few more that will be knocking on the door. Um, Boston College has a really favorable schedule. Uh, for the first, I don't know, set, six, seven games, they easily could make it to seven and zero. Oh. That'll get them ranked, I think, before all said and done. Um, Georgia Tech has, uh, I think, if they can, they can knock off South Florida. They've been kind of receiving votes. Uh, they're they're also a team I think that could get there if they can get past South Florida. Uh, then they've got uh, on the road at Pitt and then Clemson. So nothing easy on early on, uh, but they might be able to make a little bit of hay depending on how they look against South Florida. Um, the rest of them, NC State, maybe maybe could get there after that. I'm not so sure. All right. Well, keep your eye 
on all things ACC with Jonathan Leifheit and 247sports.com, a CBS Sports Digital website. Jonathan, thank you for your incredible input, and we will see you back here on the Y'all Show next week. All right. You guys have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. All right. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to switch over to Country Music Talk as Precious Harris will be joining us from Music City, USA. We've got an update on Dolly Parton we want to share with you, plus all the other happenings of more current stars on the charts. We've got that and a whole lot more fun coming on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I'm as happy as a clam. Disclaimer, GEICO cannot guarantee you will be, quote, as happy as a clam, unquote. The GEICO legal team cannot accurately verify clams even experience the complex human emotional state known as happiness. As an invertebrate mollusk living half-submerged on the ocean floor, with no arms, legs, or wireless access, what's there to be happy about? A clam's all like, oh, I'm so happy I didn't get turned into New England clam chowder today. Pronounced regionally as chowder. Chowder. Oh, that's so fun to say. What were we talking about again? GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Welcome back to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent, the show that's all about the South and the show that's really all about Southern people. I'm your host, John Rawl, here as we broadcast on a Wednesday, bringing you wonderful information about our region. And if you're not lucky to live below the Mason-Dixon, well, we want to thank you for tuning us in and enjoying, we hope, a great show. We've had plenty of good stuff already. We brought you a full report on the Atlantic Coast Conference in the previous hour. And now, this hour, we're going to talk some country music in just a few minutes as Precious Harris will file her Nashville Music Line report from Music City, USA. What's going on in country music? I've got some stuff I need to ask her that I've got press releases on, and we'll have that in the hopper ready to fire away with Precious in just a little bit and some great tunage coming up as well. So hold on for that. We want to remind you on the Thursday, y'all, we're going to have an SEC report. And we'll also look at events going on across the southeast. So if you've got weekend plans, great. If you don't, maybe we can give you an idea of where to go jump on the jump in the car, perhaps get on your motor scooter, and go check out our great region and all the variety of options you have in the south. Maybe it'll be a little bit more comfortable for you this weekend as compared to a very hot Labor Day weekend, as I discussed in detail on the Tuesday, y'all. But my goodness. 
Uh, it, we, we, if, we, if we have another scorcher like we did last weekend, this weekend, I feel sorry for anybody out there having festivals. But uh, I, maybe I just hadn't been out much at all this summer. That, I'm, I'm certainly guilty of that because some of you may work outside every single day in our condition. Well, I, I guess I'm a wimp, and I'll raise my hand and, and take the punishment for not being out as much as I should. You know, we've gotten spoiled in our society. We like to stay indoors and and whenever things aren't perfectly cool, we, we either complain about it or we just up and leave, which, by the way, I know at least one school district in Tennessee this week had to cancel school because their air conditioner was not working. And, and when one part of it started working and got to 78 degrees, they started announcing they would have a half day. Now, that may be the safe thing, the smart thing to do, but you just have to think about the old days when there was not such a thing as air conditioning. Do you think they canceled classes whenever they didn't have a nice room temperature setting of 72? Probably not. So uh, we we may be, and, and I'm right there with you now, we may be a little wimped out these days when it comes to stuff like that. But, hey, if we can get away with it, more power to us. Let's go now and dig into what we call on the Y'all Show, hashtag holla, 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 give me a holla, holla baloo. And we find all kinds of goodies on social media, and it's just so much fun to, just to reach in here and, and see what we can grab and what all people are saying about the South on Twitter, Facebook, and more. Oh, man, I love it. I have to be careful, though. You never know what's going to be in here. Our first tweet comes from Deputy Mike Baker at DevilDog683. And he writes, a year, today, a year ago today, I bought this whip, old school, 5.0, Fox body, Mustang drop top, low is the life. Okay. And then he put, they see me riding. And then the deputy followed that up. At Devil Dog Six Eight Three with another tweet, totally a Southern car. Now he works for the Gwinnett County Sheriff's Office in Lawrenceville, Georgia. But uh, Mike Baker, yeah, a whip, old school 5.0 Mustang. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's a Southern car. Now you say in your Twitter profile you were born in Syracuse, New York. You are a U.S. Marine. And we thank you for your service. I don't know if a Mustang, a Ford Mustang, is exactly a Southern car. Perhaps that's a little bit of the yank coming out in you. I, I don't know what a Southern car would be. In fact, I don't think we have a Southern car. We may have a Southern truck. We may have a Southern tractor. <laughs> Maybe like a John Deere. Although I grew up with International Harvester and Massey Ferguson is our tractor of choice on the farm I grew up on. We didn't have John Deere's. We didn't have Ford tractors. Yeah, Ford has had a, had a history of having tractors on farms. But we were we were an international harvester, primarily in Massey Ferguson, at my farm in South Carolina. But a car from the South, I don't know. I mean, when you start talking about automobiles. There's a very big dividing line between people who like Chevys and people who like Fords. And I'm one of those who fall on the Chevy line, typically. Although, deep down, if given a chance, I'd probably buy something like 
a Jeep or if I really want to make a lot of people angry and and make you tune off the show, I would probably buy a German car. <laughs> Maybe one built in the South like Mercedes-Benz in Tuscaloosa and BMW in Greer, South Carolina. So I'm still keeping my Southern connection there. But yeah, I, if I had my way, I'd probably do that. But if you're going to do a show called Y'all and you're a male at least, you kind of need to have a pickup truck. And I, I don't currently own a pickup truck. I have a Tahoe, which is a wonderful car. I'm about three miles away from crossing over to 300,000 miles on my 2004 Tahoe. And I've spent maybe $2,500 over the last 14 years on so-called major repairs. $1,000 here one time, $1,000 there. I've almost said, eh, it's time to send you to the retirement home. But when you start looking at new car prices, and I know all of you probably can relate, you know what I'm talking about, and you start looking at your budget and you're seeing, man, do I really want to pay $500 a month for a car when this one out here still will get me from point A to point B? I just got to spend about $1,000 on it. I've made the decision to keep my car. Warts and all. Sometimes... The radio doesn't work sometimes, oftentimes, when I jump in my Tahoe, I've got to remember to switch it from four-wheel drive to two-wheel drive. It it will do that while it's cut off. It will somehow freak out and think it's supposed to be in four-wheel drive. And if I forget to switch it over, I'll crank it up, start going down the highway, and you got the whoa, 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 whoa sound going, and you're, you're in four-wheel drive. And you need to you literally you have to stop, cut your car off, cut it back on, put it in neutral, push the button, hopefully it will switch over to two-wheel drive, then you're in business. Now, it doesn't do that every time, but right now, lately, eh, probably about 60% of the time, my car on its own decides to become a four-wheel drive car, even in the city. And that is something that I'm just not comfortable with. Funny story, about five years ago, I was doing a radio show, and at the time, I was with my son, and he was at three years old, like a lot of kids, rambunctious. And when I'm doing a live radio show, I don't need a three-year-old running around making noise and saying daddy and, and screaming and whatever. So I had a friend of mine help me out. And the, the place where I was doing this radio remote had a window right on the street. And so I asked my friend, hey, would you please just come sit in the car right here in the front seat with my son while I'm right on the other side of this window doing my show. That way I can see you, but I don't have to be, you know, having your audio or, or his screams and such. His, he's a kid. He's having a good time at three years old. But that won't show up on my show. So I let my son act like a maniac while my car was sitting there. Uh, it was not running. I think it was around, you know, maybe 45, 50 degrees outside. So you didn't have to have the air conditioning going or the heat. It was perfect. But one thing he did was he got behind the steering wheel, even though there was no key in the ignition, and was just playing around and like he was driving, having a good old time. I could see. Well, it worked out great, except the next day I get in my car to go to work, and my car is not driving correctly. Something is wrong with the Tahoe. But I'm no mechanic. I don't know what it is, but I know feeling and it feels totally different so i take it to my friendly mechanic ready to fork out 
hundreds of dollars on something goofy that's happened in my car. He goes, well, let me take it for a spin. And he does, and he goes off on his own for about five minutes driving the car. Comes back. He goes, oh, your car was in four-wheel drive. I had never even put my car in four-wheel drive. I'd had it for about 12 years, and if I'd put it in four-wheel drive, it was by mistake. So I really didn't know what the feeling of a four-wheel drive car was in a city or where I was living because I had no reason to go off-road. Hey, what happened was when my my son was behind the steering wheel goofing off, playing around in my car, he pushed the button and switched it over from two to four-wheel drive, and I didn't know that. And so the next day, I thought something really was wrong with my car, and all it was is it had been switched over to four-wheel drive because my rambunctious three-year-old decided to, to push a button, which if you've had kids, or maybe you are a kid, buttons and kids kind of go together. And uh, that was that was a cute story that luckily, not only did it get solved quickly, the mechanic didn't even charge me a penny. So that was a great, great experience there, but a fun memory from long ago. But for a Southern car, Deputy Mike Baker, I, I, I don't know that a Mustang fits, but if you feel so, then... Uh, then next time I come through Gwinnett County, which I was through there over the weekend, I better be nice and say, okay, that's a good idea. You might be right there, deputy. I don't want you hauling me off to jail if I'm not driving a Mustang. Porter Velsfelt third. He's on Twitter, at Porter Velsfelt 3. And he shares something that was news to me that felt like would be an interesting, intriguing thing to share with all y'all. He puts out there a link to an AP wire story from the South. And he says, this story about American Mennonites teaming up with black Americans tells us once again why our nation is great and strong and continues to live out our history of overcoming conflict and differences. That caught my eye. So Porter, thank you for sharing that. I went and clicked on the link and sure enough from the you can go on Twitter yourself and find the AP's regional account at AP South Region. They have a story that is about what this man is setting us up for. Here's the headline. A group of black street vendors has forged a cross-cultural bond with Mennonite craftsmen that is helping them to carry on a generations-old tradition. Again, caught my eye. We have... Mennonites in portions of the South. We have Amish in certain portions of the South. And we have, of course, white and blacks all over the South. So for those cultures to come together and mix may not be that unusual, but it is a little unusual for Mennonites to, I guess, hang out with a lot of non-Mennonite people. I don't mean to speak like I'm an expert. I'm not. And if you're a Mennonite, or you are a fan of Mennonites. I think they're a wonderful aspect of our region and have a lot of respect. In fact, they may have it, they actually probably have it better. Mennonites and Amish and a lot of people, they don't worry about the trivial things uh, that some of us non-Mennonites and non-Amish people worry about. And God bless them. They have God front and center. And I'm not sure most of the rest of society has that. But here is the story and what it's about. Selling fruit and vegetables from horse-drawn carts 
which took root with black families in Baltimore after the Civil War, and it persists in the city not through nostalgia, but through need. Baltimore's remaining Arabers, a name derived from an old term for peddlers of 19th century London and pronounced A-Y-Rabbers, I-Rabbers, work out of three licensed stables tucked away in areas where healthful food is scarce among corner markets and greasy takeout joints. So the Mennonites work with the blacks in Baltimore, and they have Arabbers, I-Rabbers, I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce it, but it's just kind of a throwback to the old days of selling fruits and vegetables direct from Mennonite farms, bringing it to the inner city of Baltimore, and it's a great need. You talk about farm to table, <laughs> that, is, that is exactly what's going on in Baltimore, and perhaps there's other cases of people, including blacks, meeting up with Mennonites across the South. I mean, they have wonderful produce. They have wonderful baked goods. And if you live near a Mennonite community, you're probably aware of some place you can go and pick up their items. Or if you live in Amish areas, perhaps, they also do a wonderful job. And and it's something that, again, is kind of the, the unique American experience of cultures coming together and, in some cases like this, trading together. The Mennonites get a benefit the other people of Baltimore get a benefit. The customers get a benefit of having this wonderful produce and more. So what a great tradition. And again, if you go to the Twitter account, AP South Region, you can read all about this going on in Baltimore, Maryland, and more than likely in other places in the South. But our rabbers, there's your word for the day. Nathan E. Yates on Twitter, at FVNate. He had a statement that he wanted to put out on Twitter and it regards a restaurant in St. Paul, Virginia, and it's Sugar Hill Brewing, which is right on the Clinch River in the extreme western portion of southwest Virginia, not far from Bristol, Virginia, and Abingdon, Virginia is where you'll find St. Paul, beautiful part of the country. And Nathan wrote, this is the kind of food I grew up eating, southern blessed, the heart of Appalachia's original and best brew pub. And what he's talking about is Sugar Hill Brewing. And Sugar Hill Brewing is right there in St. Paul, Virginia. And this week's special is a hand-cut and breaded pork chop, green beans, mashed potatoes, and a homemade roll, all for $11. Hey, I think I might head to the Commonwealth and go get off the interstate there at Abingdon and head over to St. Paul and find Sugar Hill Brewing. Because if the food is indeed as good as Nathan makes it sound like it is, and they have a little uh, liquid refreshment to go along with it, yeah, Sugar Hill Brewing in St. Paul, you've got my attention, and that looks delicious. Not only does it say all the great stuff it has, if you see the photo that's included from Nathan and from Sugar Hill Brewing in St. Paul, you'll, you'll, they'll make a believer out of you for sure, and it looks delicious. So we appreciate you sharing that. And I'm, I'm creating my to-do list of restaurants across the southeast. And in that little corner of Virginia, I had not had any option to go to. But now, thanks to Sugar Hill Brewing, we all can kind of keep that in mind. That's not far from the Cumberland Gap. That Cumberland Gap, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Virginia is right around the corner, too. Very mountainous area. Very rural part of our, our region. But 
Sugar Hill Brewing. So it looks like they got a good thing going in Virginia there in St. Paul. And we'll put that on our to-do list of places to go pig out one day. RDU Batten is on Twitter, at RDU Batten. And this is a Twitter account where it's a collaborative Instagram-based photo blog for Raleigh, Durham, and Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And they had something that was a little humorous along the food lines that I wanted to share. Quote, because sometimes you just need biscuits and hush puppies. At The Pit BBQ never disappoints and had to introduce the fam to North Carolina barbecue. They weren't totally sold on vinegar base being from Texas, but love the southern apps and sides. So here we go. Another place, the Pit Barbecue in the Raleigh-Durham area. Looks like that's where RDU Baton went for a outing over the Labor Day weekend. And I can't go wrong. Uh, says vinegar-based. Hey, if you're from Texas and you go to North Carolina, you, you got to at least pretend you like it, okay? I go to Texas and I have the brisket, and it's good. It really is good. But uh, it's not my favorite, but it's darn good. And I I eat it up with a smile. I think it's wonderful. If I go to, we've been talking about crab cakes here lately on the show. If I go to Maryland and I have a meal, I'm going to have some crab cakes, even though that's not my preferred choice probably. may not be yours. But if I'm with some Marylanders, I'm going to smile and say, man, that is that's the best meal I've ever had. You, you got to be nice. You can't you can't bash your food choices in front of your host if you're in on the on the home field of someone else. Okay, Texas. Okay, when you go to North Carolina, you go to other places like that. You got to be respectful. That's that's the whole purpose. And we need to make sure that uh, we we put on our good Southern spin when we when we go places like that. But the Pit BBQ got to look that up. Looks delicious. Eric Sparts the second also on Twitter at tails underscore of underscore L U G O N Luggin, author of the Tales of Luggin book one, and that debuts in December. And he is obviously a writer, and he wrote, "Hello Boston, bring on your socks and kais, culture this so- southern boy a bit." Okay, all right. Now, forgive me if I butchered some of those words, because he misspelled them intentionally. He wrote, Hello, Boston. And I assume he's talking about Boston, Massachusetts, because there is a Boston, Georgia, down along the Florida line. He says, Bring on your socks, S-A-W-X, and Kaz, C-A-H-S. Culture this southern boy a bit. Socks and Kaz. All right, well, I'm glad I know where he's coming from with this tweet because if if people from Massachusetts and Boston specifically ever want to pick on Southerners, I don't think there's any part of the country that goes around saying Paca Ka, a Ka. It's a car. It's got an R in it. But they like to say it without an R. And Eric, when up in Boston this week, he, he's poking fun at Boston. Now, we can't poke fun of other people's restaurant choices and their food, like we were just picking on RDU Batten for having his Texans pick on him for not being sold on the North Carolina vinegar-based sauce. But we Southerners, if we travel beyond our borders and we go to enemy territory, 
feel free to bash them for the goofy way they talk. It could be in New York. It could be Chicago. It could be out west in California, man. They're picking on us. We can just dish it right back to them. But in Boston, to their credit, they have a very unique accent. And, and uh, yeah, have fun up there, Eric. I, I would love to go to Boston sometime. I've never been there. And I'd love to to see the reaction if you have a really, really thick southern accent up there in, in New England. I, I have to wonder if they're going to make a point of, of saying, hey, you know, say that word again. I know sometimes when you go to places that aren't all that far from the south, let, let's say a, uh, Illinois. I was in southern Illinois not long ago. That's right on the border. I mean, that they think they're southern. But I, I know when I went there, they picked up on the fact that I was not from around there. You ain't from around here, are you? No, they didn't say that, but that's <laughs> that's kind of what they said, but with a northern twist on the way you say that. <laughs> but they they knew that I was from, from down south, and yes, I was, and I'm proud of it. But, Eric, you be proud when you're in Boston. You have fun in Boston, Mass. Maybe go see the Patriots, the Pats. They got a first game of the year coming up, just like everybody else in the NFL this weekend. Jennifer is on Twitter at GGMCK. A mom of three, everything else is just gravy. And she says, feet fail me not. That's That'd make a good t-shirt right there. And she writes, if I hear one more southern girl tell me pumpkin spice is back. Well, I had to go do some research, Jennifer, because I didn't understand the code of what you were saying here. But it looks like Jennifer on Twitter is declaring that pumpkin spice is back. She didn't want to hear it anymore. Well, what in the world is pumpkin spice? It actually is something you can get at Starbucks, a place I don't go to. But it's a latte, and it is sold hot because it's really more for the fall, and they've just brought it back despite having 90-degree temps across the Southland. And at Starbucks, they now have this drink that evidently a lot of people really like. And it's an early release this year of pumpkin spice by the, your friends at Starbucks. I guess after they got done with their racial sensitivity training, they decided to go ahead and move up the calendar on some of their releases of drinks for the fall. And now you can go get a really hot pumpkin spice at Starbucks and go sip it under a really hot sun in the month of September. Yeah, that's what the geniuses at Starbucks have in mind. But yeah, evidently, Jennifer is not very happy that so many people are into it. And it is a favorite amongst coffee drinkers. And not being in that club, I can't tell you how good pumpkin spice is. But I bet a lot of you like it and you've had it. And it's a sign that the holidays are coming. Not not Labor Day. <laughs> But we've got, eh, well, Halloween's coming up in October. That would certainly be a pumpkin spice type holiday. And right behind that, you got Thanksgiving and Christmas. But the fall is fast approaching. Hey, we got football now up and going. So what more evidence do you need than football and pumpkin spice back at Starbucks? Thank you for the heads up, Jennifer, on Twitter. Hey, and that is what's going on in the world of Twitter and social media here on y'all with your host john rawl when we come back we're going to switch over and talk some country music with precious harris the nashville music line you don't want to miss it we've got a lot of fun coming your way next 
Stay with us. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Hey there, I'm a glue stick, so I have one job. I glue kid stuff. So sorry for being jealous of Geico, who does a ton more. Like give you 24-7 access to thousands of licensed agents. And Geico has been around for over 75 years and has a 97% customer satisfaction rating. While I've just got mediocre adhesive skills, Geico also has an award-winning mobile app. Uh-oh, arts and crafts time. No eating the glue stick. Miss Lydia. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. That stuff that they even sell Ain't working like it should But I damn sure wish it would Whiskey's supposed to drown the memory I've gone from one to one too many And that there, your number one song in all the land Drowns the Whiskey from Jason Aldean Featuring Miranda Lambert And yes, indeed, that is Billboard Country Airplay Charts number one song. It's Aldine's 19th number one. It's the second single from his album, Rear View Town. And that follows the album's first single, You Make It Easy. Drowns the Whiskey also marks Miranda's fifth Country Airplay number one. Country Airplay Charts show the week's most popular songs ranked by Radio Airplay audience impressions. Well, that is great news for Jason and Miranda both. And we have someone who's 
probably ready to celebrate with them. Precious Harris, Nashville Music Line is on with us now from Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee. You ready to go to that number one party, Precious? I sure will. We'll probably have to wait to Aldine. His schedule is massively full. We'll have to wait till he uh, gets off tour. Oh, okay. Well, when? But I'm excited. I, I'm, you know, I've, I've known Jason when there were only 10, 15 people going to a showcase in the early 90s, you know, so it's glad to see him uh, succeed. Yeah, that's hard uh, to believe. Did I just say that he got ni- he's had 19 number ones? Didn't I just say that? Yes, he's had 19 number ones. <laughs> that's hard now, to believe. Now, listen to this. Listen to this. He is his next closest number one, if you want to call him that for Southern draw, uh-huh. is Luke Bryan. He's had 19, 20 number ones, but he's only had parties for 19 of them. He's going to have a number one party whenever he gets through with Farm Tour, probably, unless they squeeze it in. So I think he starts Farm Tour because uh, one of my one of my clients is on the tour with them doing the parking the cars in the field. Really? <laughs> they, yeah, but they treat them really, really good. So she's going. They make good money. So, uh, But anyway, but yeah, his, his 20th number one is Some People Are Good. Oh, that's already been announced? Or, or you're predicting that? I'm predicting. Well, oh. It's already number one. We just haven't had the number one party yet. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah, that... he pre- uh, Actually, when I was at the 17th, 18th, and 19th number one party in June, he told the crowd that week, I think, is when it went number one. He wanted to thank everybody that helped him get there. Well, that's amazing because if you follow country music, you'll notice in the last decade, maybe stretching now to two decades, these songs don't go up and down charts as fast as they used to. So to have 19 number ones spread out over a career that didn't get started until the early 2000s is pretty phenomenal. Yes, there uh, there is some records set this past year and a half or two years. Uh, the first record set was Florida Georgia Line Cruise. And I want to say it was 32 weeks or 33 weeks. And then uh, Sam Hunt broke that record for Body Like a Back Road for 36 weeks, I think. 36 weeks, 37, because I have, I have so many numbers I keep up with. <laughs> but that record was broke uh, by Florida Georgia Line. And BB Rixa. So, Florida George Line had broke the first record. Sam Hunt broke the first, second time, and then third time was back to Florida Georgia Line. And uh, so, thirty-eight weeks on the chart is a long freaking time. That's almost over a year, half a year. Yeah, that is amazing. And we uh, we are congratulating them all. Now we're mentioning all these hot names of today's country music. Precious big news came out yesterday, Tuesday as the CMA Award nominees were announced. What can you tell us on that front? Well, there's a couple of surprises, but not, but they need to. Uh, uh, you know, Entertainer of the Year, uh, there's, uh, we haven't seen a woman there in, in a bit, you know, to be nominated, but of course it's the, what I call the Magic Mike, M-I-C, get it? Magic yeah. Mike, M-I-C. Uh, Jason Aldean, Luke Bryan, Kenny Chesney, Chris Stapleton, of course, and Keith Urban are the were nominated for entertainers. Uh, I was real surprised because of all the stuff going on, you know, with Garth Brooks and stuff that he wasn't nominated. Um, but once again, I think that, you know, that they um, that even though Garth really doesn't need the nomination, I think that uh, he is uh, he would be he's the kind of guy that if, if he was to get nominated. He would be so humble and sincere about it because, you know, there is a that's quite a superstar group, you know. Yeah. And he's working hard. Let's not forget 
you know, for a while, wasn't he in Vegas doing a show out there? But that's now ended. Is that is that accurate? Yes, it ended uh, a couple about a year and a half ago. But he is going on another tour again. He's actually um, he's going to be uh, he's going to be up at Notre Dame Stadium October the twenty, and it's history because this will be the first ever concert at the Notre Dame Stadium in South Bend, Indiana. Hmm. Perhaps so, the most exciting thing at Notre Dame Stadium all this fall. Yes, exactly. And don't forget, uh, he is. <laughs> That's a jab at there. Irish fans, by the way. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> I know. Well, you know my blood runs blue, so. Well, they they have blue there too, blue and gold. So maybe you're an Irish fan. Just a little bit. Okay. Just a little. Yeah. Well, put it this way: as long as you make uh, Kentucky look good, I will be a fan. <laughs> Okay, well, I, and, I'll, and Garth, I forgot to tell you, Garth announced his live album. Oh, has he? Yeah, it's a triple live. So uh, he, you know, he had a press conference. I unfortunately did not get to go. I was busy, busy. But um, anyway, the it was offered a free download of the record to fans who turned into inside Studio G, you know, his weekly Facebook series. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you got a free download. Uh, but I'm just amazed. When I was working for Save the Music America to try to stop illegal downloading, I think Taylor Swift had two terabytes of illegal downloads and Garth had 2.5 million illegal downloads. Well, and Garth's really more than any artist I could think of in any format of music has been the leader in preventing piracy of music. And that trend continues forever. Remember, he didn't have any songs available for download. Even legally, he didn't have it on there. And remember the deals he had with Walmart where his albums would come out and I think would essentially be only at Walmart for a while. But Garth Brooks, up and going. And did I see that you announced this, or am I seeing this on other news sites across the South, that he's going to be having a concert in Tuscaloosa, Alabama at Bryant-Denny Stadium soon? Do you know about that? No, I don't know about that. I uh, I don't know the details. I know about it because I actually had a, a huge uh, person who works in the industry here last night because her internet was out doing show prep for the United States this morning. Okay. And uh, I heard her put it in her morning feed, but I did not stay and listen. Okay. But, uh, but, you know, Garth, he's always creating new ways to keep things new. And I remember I was at the guest last year at the concert and the press reception at the party. And uh, before the Nashville Bridgestone show, uh-huh. and he literally, <clears throat> for the first night, very smart marketing man, he had us media people 30 seats blocked on the first seven rows. Really? Yes. So we got to go, and then we went to the press conference beforehand, got to interview him, and then he treated us to the cons- uh Then right after that, then we went over to the reception an hour later, and then after that, we went over to the concert. So it was pretty cool. It was... Uh, he knows how to treat his fans and the media. He's just a general nice person in general. I mean, I know some people think because of the stars, he comes across real professional. Yeah. But he, he did say one time, I heard him in an interview, he said, you treat me like a fan, I'll treat you like a fan. You treat me like an individual, I'll treat you like an individual. Because that was referring to uh, a fan who had, um, had not been appropriate, you know, either with um, a post or something like that or taking a picture. Right. You know, Garth's just honest as the day is long. So, well, you know why? Because he's a yeah. cro- he goes Kroger in, in Goodlettsville, Tennessee, from time to time. I know, <laughs> I know. 
one of my little kids was there at two o'clock in the morning and he never had his girlfriend always buys his deodorant and stuff and he was trying to scan his deodorant to self-scan and this guy goes here let me help you sir and he said thank you and he didn't even look back to see who it was the guy scanned it and he looked back and he goes oh, thank you mr brooks yeah <laughs> and you're welcome it was so funny. Yep. Garth Stadium yeah. Concert in South Bend, Indiana is going to be October 20th. <laughs> and if you want to get tickets, they go on sale September 14th at Ticketmaster.com slash Garth Brooks. More college stadium dates will be announced later. And as we said, look out for that event in Tuscaloosa at Bryant-Denny Stadium. This is the Y'all Show with John Raw. We're talking with Precious Harris. We will take a time out. When we come back, we will tell you about some more exciting stuff going on in Music City with Martina McBride. Plus, Precious went to the DIY Musician Conference this past weekend. We'll ask her what that was all about. And as we leave you, our question for the day, who collected a record-breaking 10 nominations for the 36th Annual CMA Awards on this date in 2002? Was it A, Dwight Yoakam, B, Alan Jackson, or C, Toby Keith? We'll tell you after the break. You're listening to Y'all with John Rawl. The Nashville Music Line is upon us. Hey, Dad, want to shoot some hoops? In a bit, buddy. I promise. Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment. I'll just play by myself. For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief. Yes! Great shot, buddy. Let's play another game. You're on, Dad. Get Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use as directed. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I've never felt more alive. Disclaimer, GEICO cannot guarantee you will feel more alive. You either possess functioning respiratory and circulatory systems, or you do not, or you are a zombie. If you are indeed a brain-starved zombie and you would like to save money on car insurance, the GEICO legal team applauds your excellent life choices, even in your shambling afterlife. But we strongly encourage you to visit GEICO.com or download the GEICO app. Please stay a minimum of 500 feet away from our large and presumably delicious, delicious brains. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Man, I love that guy's music right there. I'm not going to tell you who it is because he is the answer to our trivia question. Welcome back to the Y'all Show with John Raw. We have Nashville Music Line personality Precious Harris with us here, and you can get Precious's great book about the music industry, the College of Songology, and also you can go to Nashville Music Line and learn all about what she has to say about Music City. The answer there to that trivia question we asked before the break, of course, Alan Jackson. He broke a 32-year record that had been held by Merle Haggard when he got a record-breaking 10th nomination for the 36th annual CMA Awards back in 2002. Jackson has recorded 16 studio albums, three greatest hits albums, two Christmas albums, two gospel albums, and several other 
compilations. And when you record that many albums, you betcha, he sold over 80 million records in his time. The Georgia boy who went to Nashville at the age of 27, got a job in the mailroom at the Nashville network, TNN, and then found his way on the country music charts via Arista Records. A.J. Allen Jackson. Good stuff there here on the Y'all Stuff, Y'all Show. Now, Precious, we are back talking with you, and you have some information about one of the great ones in all of country music, one of the nicest people ever, Martina McBride. Yes, I'm excited. She's a, of course, they always announce Christmas in July, but uh, they, uh, she is actually, uh, when she announced it the day of her, uh, of her, of her Christmas record, it was so funny. It was like a hundred degrees that day. So it was a little ironic. So I thought, Oh, well, you're announcing a Christmas label. It's a hundred degrees in Nashville. But anytime Martina announces a song, I mean a record or, you know, a song goes up the charts because she's already established herself, but she's just to me, uh, don't get me wrong. I think Carrie Underwood is very strong and they compare, you know, Carrie Underwood a lot to, um, uh, Celine Dion, mm-hmm. but I think Martina is right up there in the two top most powerful vocalists, you know, that sort of can sway from the country to the pop and vice versa. Uh, but Martina, she is actually, I remember her when she first came out in 1992 or 93. Well, the time has come. The time has come. She was actually selling t shirts for Garth, and her husband, John, was actually his tour manager. Mm hmm. And Garth gave her, help her get her break and things like that. So it was pretty cool that they were able to go on the road together. This is way before the kids. Right. Um, but I'm excited because her voice just sounds like honey soaked, you know. And uh, so I'm excited. Well, uh, with her body, I think she's probably no more than five feet too tall. Uh, yes. And, and I think Carrie Underwood may be a little short person too. Uh, maybe that's the secret to be a powerful singer. You need to be a little bit on the small scale, which Precious, you're kind of small, so I haven't really heard you sing before, but I'm ready for it. Maybe you're missing your calling on Music Row. Well, actually, people say I sing good, but unless you like Southern Gospel, it ain't happening. Ah, I'll okay. tell you, just to clarify, she does have an album, you know, a Christmas set, but she is actually using local symphonies every time she plays the record on her tour stop. Oh, okay. And she's, then... Uh, She's also got a cookbook coming out, Martina's Kitchen Mix, My Recipe Playlist for Real Life. I didn't realize she was quite the cook. Yes, she is. I've heard John talk about many times that she was a great, great cook. Um, And I've got another little tidbit. I got a band from Alabama. I'm talking pretty Southern. Uh, I know that's hard for somebody from Kentucky. I know, but they are, uh, they're called The Band Steel. They're from uh, close to Hayden, Alabama. The reason why is because one of my clients was, lives really close to you from there but they're on the radio tour today but they have a good old southern gospel uh, song uh, that they redid that he started singing it in the weight room to help a lady and it went viral it's called victory in jesus so if you get a chance check them out it's called the band steel and it's acapella version of the victory in, victory in jesus and i think it's made its way to a movie we're waiting to hear for sure uh, and then the second thing is they're almost three hundred thousand views uh, in the last couple of months alone on uh, YouTube. Wow. So we're pretty proud of them. Of course, Precious. Working Music Row in so many angles. Hey, one thing you did this past weekend is you worked the DIY Musician Conference. Tell me what that was and how people can maybe participate in this in 2019. Well, I'm hoping to bring it back to Nashville. Uh, it's a national conference. I mean, there was different genres there. There was blues. There was hip-hop. There were reggae. There was country. There was gospel. It was a plethora 
from eight years old who are going to be artists to 80. I'm serious. It was, I was very, I hadn't been in a couple of three years. It was, I was very amazed, but it was a sponsor by CD baby, but it's the place, the second place. I went to another one, this place. If you really want to concentrate on artists, you know, learning your craft as an indie artist, like how to get booked and mm -hmm. Spotify and how to make the most of, uh, you know, the digital world as an artist, everything was, was so much information. I was overwhelmed and I thought I was overwhelmed in May when I went to the, the music business conference, um, uh, in the, over at the, uh, well, Omni, mm -hmm. but it, that used to be norm, which is the national association of recording merchandise. So recordings we know now are up in the digital world, the cloud, and serious, which is much different than it used to be. But that right there made my head spin for three weeks after I left the convention. So if you want to be an artist, the two conventions you really must attend, and, and I'm talking all genres. I'm not talking just Southern country or rock or thing. It is the Music Biz Conference that usually happens in May. It'll be back in Nashville this next year in 2019 at JW Marriott, the new, one of our newer hotels. And back again, I'm praying they'll come back to Nashville so the CD baby um, conference called DIY music conference, do it yourself musician concert. So hopefully they'll be back because it's good for Nashville. It's good for business. All Traffic right. sucks, but it still brings a lot of money to our city. And if you want to learn more about the music and the business of music, check out Precious's book. You can go to Amazon and find it. It's called the college of songology 101, the singer songwriters need to know reference handbook. And it is a great read and you can learn so much whether you want to be a singer or you've always just wondered how they do that in Nashville, Tennessee. Precious has the answer in the college of songology. Precious, thank you so much for your great knowledge and you have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. All right, darling, same here. See you next week. All Bye. right. Nashville Music Line, Precious Harris. Well, that will put a bow on today's Y'all Show. We want to encourage you to tune in on Thursday. We're going to be talking about the Louisiana Shrimp and Petroleum Festival. We'll have a representative from that come on and tell us all about this great event in Morgan City. And we'll be talking Auburn Tigers football as Taylor Jones will be stopping by. He's from the website PowerOfDixieLand.com. That's all on the Thursday, y'all. And we want to thank you for listening to the Wednesday, y'all. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to The Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. Whether you brew the craftiest beer or offer the sharpest haircuts in town, we've got the right business cards to promote what makes your business great at Vistaprint. And right now, we're offering 500 custom cards starting at just $9.99. You can choose everything about your card, the shape, the paper, and you can design it yourself or ask for a little help from our support team. So get the most bang for your and head to Vistaprint.com to get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 7373 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 7373. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 has arrived at Sprint. For a limited time, get the super-powerful new Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. It's the fastest Note ever, and you can get it on a network built for unlimited. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 is also perfect for gaming. Take your Fortnite skills to a new level with the largest battery ever seen in a Note. Along with a 6.4-inch edge-to-edge infinity screen and stereo speakers, Galaxy Note 9 also features a smarter camera and a mightier S Pen with remote control. Make the switch to Sprint right now and get the Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. Plus, get annual upgrades with Galaxy Forever. 
Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com slash Samsung, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Note 9, 2083 per month after 2084 per month. Credit applied within two bills. Requires new line and 18-month lease. Early termination results and remaining balance due. Upgrade after 12 lease payments. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes. Requires qualifying plans. Subject to credit. $30 activation fee and restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Jessica Alba, entrepreneur and mom. When it comes to helping students succeed, I'm all in. And so is Staples. That's why I'm teaming up with Staples for Students and DonorsChoose.org, the charity that helps teachers bring learning to life. Join us by donating in store or online at staplesforstudents.com. Your donation will help local teachers make a difference for their students because every kid deserves a great start this school year. 